Hi guys, happy Friday. Welcome back. Uh, before we get started, just another quick reminder that the April DIY Shred is open for enrollment. Um, we start on Monday, so I'll keep the enrollment open through the weekend. But if you want your plan on time, I would say join. Um, this is coming out on Friday, so join at some point on Friday um, so that you get your plan before Monday start date. Um, but this one, I did add the two bonus office hours with it. Um, normally, the DIY does not have um, office hours with me, but I've got two bonus office hours added to this one. So everything will be linked in the description for you guys. Now on to today's topic, which is why it is so hard to lose the last like five to 10 pounds. Um, I hear this all the time or I get asked this all the time. Why is it so hard to lose that last five or 10 pounds? There's a couple of reasons and we're going to dive into those today. I really think this, um, this one is going to hit home for a lot of people. So I'm excited to get into it and I'm going to try to not lose you in the weeds and try to keep it very like high level. Um, so Okay, two big things when we're talking about, or there's like two big factors, I guess I should say, as to why the um, last little bit, like five to 10 pounds is so hard to lose. Um, but when we're talking about the start of a diet, your total daily energy expenditure, so your TDEE or your maintenance calories, the amount of calories to maintain your body weight at the start of your diet um, say you lose 10 pounds, your maintenance calories will no longer be the same as they were at the start of your diet because you now have a smaller body to maintain. So as you lose body weight, um, fat loss will get harder the longer that you diet and the less that you weigh, like when you weigh less. Um, you also expend fewer calories through exercise when you weigh less. So have you ever noticed, if I hear this from women all the time, if they go work out with their husband and they're like, he burned 300 more calories than I did. And I'm like, yeah, but how much more does he weigh than you? Oh, like 80 to 100 pounds more. Okay, so he has a much larger body that he's moving. So he's going to expend more calories through exercise, burn more calories because it's he's got more weight on his body. Um, it's the same thing if you're comparing two women to each other and one weighs 250 pounds, one weighs 140 pounds. Someone that weighs 250 pounds, a woman that weighs 250, is going to burn more calories through exercise because she has a larger body she's moving. Her heart rate gets higher, things like that. Um, whereas someone who weighs 140 pounds is going to expend less. So when you're thinking of yourself as you're dieting, when your body gets smaller, you're going to burn less calories through your exercise. Um, so that's one thing. The other in that same boat of burning fewer calories is your NEAT. So your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. That will naturally decrease as you diet. Um, so your body, it's one job is to keep you alive. And when it feels or senses or notices whatever less energy coming in, so via calories and food, so when there's less food coming in, less calories coming in, less energy coming in, it will do what it can to be more efficient, to save calories, like things that you don't even think about. Um, 
you will move slower, you'll talk slower, you'll blink slower, you'll fidget less. If you're pulling weeds outside instead of, you know, crouching down, you'll sit on your butt. Um, So things that your body will just do to conserve energy, it will do that because that is its defense mechanism to keep you alive, to um, be more efficient with the calories that are coming in. It doesn't like when you lose a ton of weight. Your body doesn't want you to diet and lose a ton of weight. That's just, again, it feels, um, I hate to use the word like starvation mode because that's not a thing, but it feels the sense of like fewer calories coming in. So it's going to do what it can to work with those calories in a more efficient way and not burn as many. Um, So less calories, you're burning less calories through exercise because your body's smaller. You're burning less calories through just daily regular movement because you're not moving as much. So your TDEE, your maintenance calories, that's less. So you're essentially with burning fewer calories and a smaller maintenance amount as you've lost weight, you are now in a much smaller deficit than you were when you started your diet. So Maybe you started your diet, maybe your maintenance calories were 2,100 and you started your diet at 1,800 calories and you've dieted down and lost. And guys, these are all just arbitrary numbers. Like this isn't, you know, um, just an example. You've lost five, six pounds and things are slowing down and you're not losing weight. Like two, three weeks going on, like nothing's happening. You're, again, probably still in a little bit of a deficit. It's just not nearly big enough deficit to keep things moving at the pace that they were. So this is where it will come in where you have to reduce calories as you diet because your body is catching up with your your metabolism and things are catching up with like, I don't know how to word it in a way that it's going to make sense there. I think you guys know where I'm going with that. So as um, your maintenance calories decrease and you're in less of a deficit, you have to create a larger deficit through either exercise or reducing your calorie intake so that you can get that deficit back. Um, The other thing that I wanted to touch on is the longer that you diet, essentially the hungrier you're going to get. So dieting fatigue is real. So you'll notice that you're more hungry, Energy will obviously be lower. Um, Your meals that were satiating and filling when you first started your diet probably are not going to hit the spot anymore. It's going to be like you're going to feel like you ate and then you're immediately hungry. Um, All of that's normal, guys. When you diet for an extended period of time, dieting fatigue is just part of it. It sucks. Um, But this also will cause... for most people, your training quality to decrease because again, you're hungrier, you're probably more irritable, energy is lower. So training is going to, um, training quality is going to decrease. And then a lot of times with that, your motivation will kind of start to tank. Um, so again, like I said before, this is your body's natural response to dieting. It, essentially this is metabolic adaptation. So Um, this is where you have adapted to the calories, um, that you were dieting at, like your body does not see that as a deficit anymore. So this is where you have to, like I said, a few minutes ago, reduce calorie intake via food, um, to create a larger deficit or increase exercise to create more of a calorie burn 
so that you have more of a deficit through exercise. You can do both, like reduce food a little bit and then add in some cardio or just, I like to start with just the food part if you can reduce calories more, um, just because it's more easily controlled and it's easier to see the deficit than try to guesstimate through calorie burn because it's not super reliable. So one of those two or the combination of the two will have to come into play to create the larger deficit to keep seeing weight loss. I know I've said this before. I probably said it on the last podcast. I can't remember. I say it all the time. But dieting and losing weight, it is simple in terms of the methods and like what you need to do to get there. A calorie deficit. You hear it all the time. Just being a calorie deficit. Um, And we're talking about fat loss, obviously focusing on adequate protein and strength training to maintain muscle mass. But a calorie deficit is like the largest thing in terms of weight loss. So yes, it is that simple, but it does not mean that losing weight is easy. Um, And that last five to 10 pounds is much more difficult for the two reasons that I said earlier, because your body is getting smaller. So that means that the calories that you're working on is going to have to decrease. And as that decreases, then come, you know, coming with that is going to be more hunger, less energy, workouts, probably suffering some motivation, tanking. So all of the things with dieting fatigue. So it is a very big mental battle. Um, So the last five to 10 pounds are super difficult for those two reasons. Now, the things that I want to give you in terms of helping with this to make it easier, um, it's still going to be difficult, but to make it easier and to really make sure that you are making the most of grinding out the last five to 10 pounds, make sure one that you are tracking your food intake daily that you're consistent and that you're not estimating that you're actually weighing and measuring, but the daily tracking. So no air quotes here, cheat meals, no untracked weekends. All of that has to be factored into your calorie average for the week so that you are being, that you know, like you have the data so that when you do need to reduce calories, you got all this. You can know exactly where you've been eating at. Make sure that you are weighing yourself regularly. I weigh daily and I take the weekly average. I do not get obsessed with the scale. I'm totally fine to do this and use it as just a data point. Um, You can weigh three or four times a week. But again, just saying that multiple weigh-ins throughout the week and then tracking, tracking your average week over week and month over month is going to give you much more data to work with so that you know when things start to halt Um, what trends have looked like, how your body has responded over the last several weeks. You might be somebody that can, um, that you're losing weight pretty consistently. You might be somebody that you know that it takes like a good two weeks before things start moving. Maybe you know this about yourself that you see um, inches and measurements decrease before the scale drops or vice versa. So tracking all of those things obviously is just going to give you more data to work off of for when you need to make the adjustments to your plan. The other thing that I will say is a step goal is key to make sure that you are keeping daily movement going. If you do not have a step goal and don't track your steps, I cannot urge you and recommend this enough because when, like I said earlier, when you're dieting, your body's natural response is to slow down your non-exercise activity thermogenesis and make you move less to conserve more energy. Um, So when you have a step goal in place, 
you're tracking your daily movement and you have a, you know, a step goal that you're trying to hit. So you keep your neat, you're able to have the data again to track for, okay, so my steps are here. I know I'm, you know, if you see weight loss decline and start moving like slower or less weight over time, and you notice that your steps went from 10,000 to 6,000, well, yeah, you're burning less calories in your daily movement because your step count has went down. But if you can consistently hit like eight to 10,000 steps a day and that's where your average has been, again, you have that data to work off of to know, okay, I can increase my steps. I can decrease my food. Um, Again, all of these things just help you make informed decisions and educated decisions instead of just being like, yep, I'm just going to quit eating all of this. I'm going to cut out carbs. I'm going to stop drinking alcohol and all the crazy stuff that sometimes we'll will do when we get irrational. Um, lastly, and I've said this a million times, but don't compare. Um, don't compare your calorie burns. Don't compare your food intake to somebody else. Even if it's somebody that's the same, like around age and then same height and weight as you, that doesn't matter. Like what works for that person calorie wise doesn't mean it's going to work for you calorie-wise. Your favorite influencer on Instagram, when people ask me all the time, what's your height and weight and like how many calories are you eating? What works for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you as far as my exact macros and everything. So don't compare. Don't worry about what like somebody else is doing. Keep your eyes on your own paper. That is the biggest tip I can give with anything. Um, just because it's so easy to get that shiny object syndrome or to see something working for somebody else and think that you should be doing something different. So just keep your eyes on your own paper. Keep focusing on what you've been doing and give it long enough to work um, instead of jumping ship after two weeks. But I just wanted to um, roll through those so that you guys understand why weight loss plateaus, um, what factors into it, and what things that you can do to make sure that that last five to 10 pounds, when you get there, that you are being, um, you know, the most set up for the most success in terms of where to look at things, what to be tracking, what to avoid, things like that. So, all right, guys, that's all I've got for you today. I appreciate you all for tuning in. If you found value in the episode, y'all know I love when you share with a friend. Um, That's how the podcast grows. So thank you for being here and I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will talk to you guys next Friday.